a sunny day for Iguana. All aboard the story train! Find a cozy place to settle in. We're about to leave the station, and you know what that means. We're going someplace we've never been before. I'm Birdie, the keeper of the story train. I wear a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. Did you hear that? Two whistles! You know what that means. We're headed for the rainbow tunnel. The rainbow tunnel is full of shimmering colors and when we come out on the other side, we could be anywhere in the world. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. Here comes the end of the tunnel. I can already feel the warm sun shining down on the story train as we roll on by a coastal village. We've traveled very far to a place called Costa Rica. There are many animals in Costa Rica that like the sun, but none of them like the sun quite as much as Iguana. Let's just say Iguana can sit in the sun all day and barely move an inch. I have a story today about a special Iguana who had a very interesting problem she was trying to solve. This story is called A Sunny Day for Iguana. Have you ever seen a lizard? Some of them are very small and fast, like geckos. And some are very large, like our friend the iguana. She's almost five feet long. And today she is laying in the sun, smiling as she looks out towards the blue ocean. A warm breeze is blowing as she suns herself on a very large rock. What iguana wants to do is lay on the rock all day and enjoy the sun and the warm wind. But she is also a little bit bored sitting on the rock all alone, and so she has decided to talk to any animals that come near the rock. The first animal that comes near the rock is Monkey, who is swinging through the trees overhead. Monkey swings lower and lower until they swing right over Iguana's head. Hi, Monkey, said Iguana. Would you like to sit on this rock and keep me company while I lay in the sun? Monkey laughed. No thanks, they said. I've got too much swinging in the trees to do. I'd be very bored sitting on a rock. Monkey swung into another tree and disappeared into the branches. That's probably for the best, Iguana said. Monkey has a lot of energy. I don't think they would last very long sitting on the rock. Presently, Frog hopped right up onto the rock and stared at Iguana. Well, hello there, Frog, said Iguana. You've arrived at just the right time. I was thinking I could use some company while I lay on this warm rock. Would you like to... But before Iguana could even finish what she wanted to say, Frog jumped off the rock and landed on the ground. Then Frog jumped again. No time to sit on a rock. Frog yelled back as they hopped and hopped. Gotta hop! Iguana waited and waited and wished and wished, but for a long time no other animals passed by. Finally, she looked up and saw Sloth, 
way up high in the tree. Sloth is very slow, but maybe they will come down here on my rock and keep me company if I ask them, said Iguana. And so she yelled up to Sloth. Hey, Sloth! Want to sit on my rock with me and keep me company? Sloth turned its head very slowly and looked at Iguana. Hello, Iguana, said Sloth. It took me half the day to get up here. I don't think I can make it all the way down there until after the sun goes down. That's okay, Iguana said. Thanks anyway. Iguana thought about how incredibly slow Sloth was and how long it would take them to get all the way down to the rock. She looked out towards the ocean and wondered if there were any fish that would come see her. But then she remembered that fish can't walk. They can only swim, so no fish were going to visit the rock and keep her company. And then a little boy walked by. He was wearing a bathing suit and eating an ice cream cone. Say, would you like to sit on this rock with me while you eat your ice cream cone? Asked Iguana. We can keep each other company. That's a very nice offer, said the boy. But my family is way down there by the water sitting on our towels. I just got this ice cream, but now I need to go back. It's nice to have your family to sit with, said Iguana. It sure is, said the boy. You can come with me if you want to. Iguana thought about how far away the towels were down on the beach. Iguana was a very slow walker, and getting all the way down there would be a lot of work. It wasn't really what she wanted to do. What she wanted to do was stay where she was. What a nice offer, said Iguana but I think I'll stay here on my cozy rock. Suit yourself, said the boy, and then the boy walked away. Iguana thought about what had happened since she had decided to try and find someone to keep her company. She realized that in some way she had found what she was looking for, and in another way she had not. Monkey had talked to her as they swung through the trees overhead, and Frog had stopped by and then hopped away, Sloth had turned her head very slowly and said hello, and the boy had invited Iguana to the beach. In a way, Iguana had enjoyed many friends throughout the day, but she still wished someone would sit next to her and do nothing. That's what Iguana liked best, doing nothing except sitting in the sun. Maybe if I make a little more effort, I will find someone who will keep me company, said Iguana. And so Iguana climbed very slowly down off the rock onto the warm sand. It's just as warm on the sand as it is on my rock, said Iguana. I like warm sand on my feet. Iguana turned to the left, but no one was there. She looked out towards the ocean, but no one was there either. Then she turned to her right, and there she saw a very large turtle. As soon as she saw the turtle, the turtle spoke. I've been trying to find someone to keep me company all day, said Turtle. First I asked Monkey, but they were too busy swinging through the trees. Then I asked Frog, but 
Frog was very busy hopping. I even asked Sloth, but she was too high up in the trees. And did you ask the boy with the ice cream? Asked Iguana. He ran away before I could ask him to keep me company, said the turtle. No matter, said Iguana. He would have asked you to go with him to his towels way down on the beach. It's a long way down there. Turtle and Iguana stared out at the ocean, and then finally they both realized the same thing at the same time. I'm looking for someone to keep me company, said Iguana. So am I, said Turtle. And I don't really want to do anything besides bask in the sun, said Iguana. I feel exactly the same way, said Turtle. How marvelous! We can keep each other company and do nothing at all, said Iguana. It is very marvelous indeed, said Turtle. And so Iguana laid right down on the sand next to Turtle, and the two of them stared out at the blue water and listened to the waves crashing off in the distance. Sometimes they talked, sometimes they drifted off to sleep, but mostly they just enjoyed each other's company. And they were happy. The story train is back on the move. It's time for us to go. We have to get back to the Pflugerville train station before it gets too late. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. I'll be waiting on the story train. Goodbye for now, Iguana and Turtle. The Window Boxes All aboard the story train! Find your spot and settle in. The train is leaving very soon. It's a beautiful day in Pflugerville. The sun is shining through the windows of the story train and white puffy clouds are rolling past in the sky overhead. Are you ready to go? Did you hear that? Two whistles. And you know what that means. We're headed for the rainbow tunnel. When we come out on the other side, we could be anywhere in the world. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. Here comes the end of the tunnel. We've traveled very far away from our home today. We're in Europe, in a country called Austria. Austria is warm today because it's summer, but in the winter, Austria has lots of snow because it's surrounded by tall mountains called the Alps. Austria is also famous for its many castles, but today we're not going to a castle. We're going to a simple little house on a street next to many other simple houses. Here there's a grandmother talking to her granddaughter, but what are they talking about? This story is called The Window Boxes. Carlota is at her grandma's house for the afternoon, 
and she feels excited because they're going to do something very special today. Are you ready? asks Carlota's grandma. I am, says Carlota. What do we need first? There are many things on the kitchen table to pick from. Fertilizer, starter plants, seeds, a watering tin, and a long wooden garden box filled with fresh dirt. Remember when we planted the flowers weeks ago and they were just seeds? asked Carlota's grandma. I remember, says Carlota. I thought they would never grow, but look at them now. They're actual flowers. And that means they're ready to be moved, says Grandma. Are you sure it's safe to move the plants? asks Carlota. Won't they get hurt if we move them? Grandma laughs quietly and shakes her head. As long as we're careful, these starter plants will be very happy to move. They have a purpose in life, and that purpose is about to be fulfilled. This sounds very mysterious to Carlota. A purpose? For a plant? What could her grandma mean? Carlota's grandma takes the small shovel, called a spade, and digs a hole in the dirt that sits in the long planter box. Now you dig five more holes from one end of the planter box to the other, says Grandma. The planter box is long and skinny, just wide enough to hold the plants. Carlota starts digging, and soon she has all five holes dug. Now there are six holes in the planter, the five Carlota dug, plus the one Grandma dug. We have six holes, says Carlota. Does that mean we need six plants? Grandma smiles and nods. That's exactly right. But first we need to put some plant food in each of the holes. You mean fertilizer, says Carlota. That's what they call food for plants, right? Fertilizer, says Grandma. That's right. And so they take small handfuls of plant food and drop some in each of the six holes. Fertilizer for you and you and you, says Carlota. She likes to talk to the plants. When all the holes are ready, Grandma takes one of the starter plants and turns it upside down in its small pot. Don't let it fall out, says Carlota. But the small flower does fall out of its little pot, right into Grandma's hand. It has to leave its old home before it can find a new one, says Grandma. Will it be okay? Carlotta asks. Better than okay, says Grandma. The new home is bigger, so the plant has room to stretch and grow. Grandma puts the plant in the first hole and tucks dirt around the roots. The flower looks happy in its new home, Carlota says, but it needs some friends. Let's move all the rest so it's not lonely. Good idea, says Grandma. Together they move all the rest of the starter plants until the long planter is filled from one end to the other. Every hole is gone and in their place, six flowers stand tall and happy. Can I water them now? 
asked Carlota. You sure can, but not too much, says Grandma. Too much water makes the flowers sad. A little goes a long way. Carlota waters all six flowers, one at a time, making sure to get a little bit of water on the leaves. It's like giving them a shower, says Carlota. They do like it when they get their leaves wet, says Grandma. When Carlota is finished watering the flowers, her grandmother tells her to hold one end of the planter. Grandma holds on to the other end of the planter box. We need to carry this out to the front of the house now, says Grandma. Ready? I'm ready, says Carlota. They carefully carry the planter through the kitchen, down the hall, and out the front door. People pass by on their way to the market and wave and said hello because Carlota's grandmother lives on a busy street. Right under the window there, says Grandma. That's where the planter sits. They set the planter right under the kitchen window where the flowers look bright and cheerful. There now, says Grandma. The window box is right where it should be, under the window. Now I can see it all day long when I look outside. Someone who was walking by in the street said, What wonderful flowers you have! They make me smile! Grandma smiles, and so does Carlota. These flowers have found their purpose at last. First they were seeds, then they were tiny sprouts, and now they're flowers. Now they get to make people smile as they walk by, says Carlota. Flowers are lucky. Lucky they have you, says Grandma. Why, says Carlota. Because you planted them, says Grandma. You took care of them and put them in the window box. Without you, there would be no plants. They'd still be stuck at seeds. I guess that's true, says Carlota. And they make me happy too. I'm glad the seeds became plants. Shall we go plant some more? asked Grandma. Yes, says Carlota with a big smile. And so they did. Do you hear that? The story train is back on the move. It's time for us to go. We have to get back to the Pflugerville train station before it gets too late. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. I'll be waiting on the story train. Goodbye for now, flowers. Three Whistles Welcome to the Story Train Adventure Seeker. Find your favorite seat and settle in. We'll be leaving the station any minute now. I'm Birdie, the train conductor, and today's forecast includes adventures in the faraway world. We won't know where we're going until we ride through the rainbow tunnel. When we come out on the other side, we could be anywhere. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. 
it looks like all passengers are seated and snug, buckled up and ready to go. Let's get this journey underway. The Rainbow Tunnel is just up ahead, right around the bend. Up a little hill, a twist and a turn, and here it is. In we go. It's full of light inside the Rainbow Tunnel, and it doesn't take very long to get to the other side. But when we get there, we won't be in Pflugerville anymore. We'll be magically transported somewhere else. Here comes the end of the tunnel. We've traveled very far away from Pflugerville today to a country called Japan. And not just anywhere in Japan. Today we're in a special place for people like me because I'm a train conductor. We're at Shinjuku Station in Tokyo, Japan. Shinjuku Station is a train station, so I feel right at home. But Shinjuku Station isn't just any train station. It's the busiest train station in the world. Over three and a half million people ride through Shinjuku Station every day. 2,000 or more people board one of the trains every minute of every day. That's a lot of passengers. And there are so many trains here. It's easy to imagine one of them getting lost. So today, I have a story about a little train who lost its way on these very tracks not long ago. The train's name was Midori, which means green in Japanese. Midori was a bright green train with lots of energy. Sometimes Midori wished she could race down the tracks as fast as her wheels would take her, but her parents always told her she must be careful not to wander too far away from home. But why can't I ride as far as I want to? Midori often asked. The tracks go everywhere. I want to go everywhere too. Because there are thousands of tracks in the station, Mother Train would say, you could get all turned around and forget how to roll back home. That would never happen to me, Midori always answered. I know just where I am all of the time. But you know what to do if you ever get lost, right? Father Train would ask. I listen for the sound of home, and then I'll find you, Midori answered. As long as you remember that, Mother Train would say, you will never be lost for very long. And you'll always find your way back, said Father Train. Midori was too young to have passengers, so she spent her days right near her home, waiting for her mother and father trains to come home from all their travels. Midori longed to ride far, far away, like her parents did every day, carrying people from one side of the country to another. It was very exciting to imagine all the places she would see. It was as she thought of all these places that a bright blue butterfly landed on Midori's nose. Midori stayed very still because she loved butterflies and she didn't want this one to fly away. But then a big red train raced past on a nearby track. A wind kicked up and the butterfly's wings began to flap. 
off the butterfly went, and before Midori could remind herself not to wander too far from home, she followed the butterfly out into the train station. Come back, butterfly, she said. Where are you going? But the butterfly kept on flying farther and farther across many different tracks, and Midori followed right behind the butterfly. You can't outrun me, Midori said. I'm the fastest green train in the whole station. Before long, Midori had traveled very far away from home, down many different tracks. This should have concerned her, but it didn't. She was concerned about something else. I've lost my butterfly, said Midori. Where did it go? Midori looked left, then right, and a thought occurred to her. I have traveled very far from home, she said, down many different tracks. And then, in a flash, she realized something very important. Oh no, said Midori, I'm lost. Without thinking, Midori started moving again, riding along the tracks, searching for home. Soon she came upon a big red train. Excuse me said Midori. Have you seen my parents anywhere? They're green. I do like a green train, said the red train, but there are no green trains here. Unless you count yourself, you're green. Do you know where I could find other green trains? asked Midori. Maybe they can help me. All the red trains live here in the red train yard, said the red train. I don't know where green trains live. It must be far away from here. You should ask the yellow trains. They might know. Where can I find the yellow trains? Asked Midori. The red train told Midori which tracks to follow to find the yellow trains. If only Midori had known that the yellow train yard was even farther from home than the red train yard. As she started on her way, she began to wonder if she would ever find her way back home. Soon Midori found the yellow train yard. A very old yellow train was sleeping soundly on one of the tracks. Excuse me, yellow train, can you help me find my way home? asked Midori. The yellow train stirred awake, opened its big round eyes. Well, what do you know about that? said the old yellow train. It's a green train. What are you doing all the way over here? Midori explained that she had been chasing a butterfly and after a while she had gotten lost. I do like butterflies, said the old yellow train. I can see why you'd follow one. How are we going to get you home? I was hoping you could help me said Midori. I am a very old train, very wise train, said the yellow train, but I don't go far from home anymore. I've had all my adventures already. Just as the yellow train said these words, the sound of three train whistles, one right after the other, drifted through the air. I've never heard three whistles quite like that said the old yellow train. Oh, but I have, said Midori. That's my train signal. Can you help me find it? 
The old yellow train thought for a moment as the three whistles came again from far away. I suppose I might have one more adventure left in me, said the old yellow train. Follow me. Let's see what we can find. So Midori followed the old yellow train down the tracks, around corners and turns, and up hills and through tunnels. On and on they went, chasing the sound of three train whistles. I think we might be getting closer, said Midori. The train whistles aren't so far away anymore. I think you might be right, said the old yellow train. Let's keep going. And so they did, over a bridge with sparkling water below, and through tunnel after tunnel, until finally they arrived where Midori's journey had begun. I found my way back home, said Midori. So you did, said the yellow train. Midori's mother and father train whistled three times. We were worried you wouldn't hear our call, they said. Where did you go? I chased a butterfly, said Midori, and I met a red train and this very nice yellow train. You've traveled far from home to bring Midori back to the green train yard, said Father Train. Thank you. Turns out I had at least one more adventure to go, said Yellow Train. I saw tunnels and bridges and curves and turns. It was nice to ride the rails one more time. But Yellow Train, said Midori, you have to get back home. Are you lost? The old Yellow Train laughed. <laughs> no, I'm not lost. I know just where I'm going and how to get there. The old Yellow Train tooted its big horn and rolled away. I wonder if I'll ever know just where I'm going and how to get there, said Midori as the yellow train rolled out of sight. You will, said Mother Train, and when that day comes, you'll take passengers far, far away and still find your way back home. And that, Story Train listeners, is how a little green train got itself lost and found its way back home again. Isn't it nice to know that the older we get, the more we know, just like the old yellow train. And there are always unexpected adventures to be had, no matter how old we are. The story train is back on the move. It's time for us to go. We have to get back to the Pflugerville train station before it gets too late. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you wanna hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. I'll be waiting on the story train. Goodbye for now.